words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. So I thank God for the grace and just the opportunity to come share this morning. It's always a humbling experience and quite um, very uncomfortable anytime you see your name in the roster. And each time I feel like I don't have what to say, I don't have what to share. And um, this morning, I actually struggled for about what to share for, for a long while. And, um, and so two weeks ago, I was speaking to the Lord just on my own, not about the message today, just about on a personal um, level, about just situations around me and around a lot of people I know. You know, when you look at things on a personal level, when you look at things on a national level, there's just like a whole lot of um, anxiety and despair um, focusing on those situations and those things. And so you kind of join that bandwagon of despair and anxiety. And for the first time, I was, you know, as a business person, I'm questioning a whole lot of things. I see people you even look up to, CEOs leaving the country, and you're like, okay, so what about you? You know, it's time to kind of like have a strategy and plan and what do you do, Lord? And so I went to the Lord um, two weeks ago to, to just um, get instructions for the Lord. And I got an unperturbed response from God. And it was almost like, it's as simple as fate. That's the word I got. It's as simple as fate. And so I was expecting something more. And I was expecting, surely, Lord, what are you going to do this season? You know, like give me a word and the lord was speaking to my heart and he said it's as simple as faith the just shall live by faith in this season and i like us to that's the anchor for my scripture today it's the um, romans 1 verse 17. and so the lord began to take me to that analogy where when he gave me the unperturbed response in psalm 2 one of my favorite scriptures which talks about why do the heathen rage? Why do the kings of the earth imagine? You know, and all of that. And, and the Lord sits in heaven unperturbed about the situations. Why? He has a posture that is calm in, in, in the midst of the chaos. God is not shaken. He has a different posture. He says, I, 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 he sits in the heaven and he laughs. And so the Lord is saying to us this season that that is the posture and that is our response to situations. And nothing is happening is new in this season that hasn't happened before. When you look at the children of Israel, they've gone through various seasons of trying moments, of even farming from a national point of view, but there are people in those seasons that dare to believe God in those seasons. The heroes of faith, each one of them, Abraham, David, they all 
had to rise up and dare to believe God despite the circumstances and despite the natural circumstances, despite the economic circumstances. God is still doing mighty works. God is still providing for his people. God is still sustaining people. God is still healing people. God is still doing amazing things in this season. And all they did was nothing magical. It was just belief. They dare to believe God in their seasons, in, in trying moments. They dare to believe God for sustenance. They dare to believe God for provision, for whatever it is. They just put their faith in God. And so, but when the Lord spoke to me about faith, he was speaking to me on a personal um, level. It's as simple as faith. The just shall live by faith in that scripture. But I still struggle to share that word um, today because I said, God, is this not another, what am I going to speak about faith? Your people already know about faith. We've heard about faith, you know. What am I really going to share about faith? A lot of people, um, we know about faith. And sometimes some people, I feel like, and so the Lord began to speak to me about two categories of people that I would like to speak to. And so I was questioning the Lord if I should share this uh, um, faith, if it was just a personal word for me and I should share this. And I was questioning the Lord about, um, because people around me, I felt like believed God for something and the outcome perhaps did not um, happen as what they believed and I was questioning the Lord and I said is that faith I mean didn't they have faith also you know in, in my moments with God and there are some people who have believed God even for healing of a loved one and it didn't turn out how do you speak faith to such a person how do you comfort such a person in such a time like this and there's still people who are trusting God for a word that God spoke to them many years ago. And they're still trusting God for the manifestation. Are you going to, what are you going to say to them this season? And the Lord said to me, and he says, stop judging me by experiences. Stop judging me by the experiences and circumstances of our lives. And a way to be, so the, the message today is an unwavering faith. And the Lord began to speak to me and he said, he began to open my eyes to say that an unwavering faith is a faith that rests on who God is, that rests on the nature of who God is. So you're not placing, you're not judging God by the circumstances, by the experience of whatever. You judge, God, is, God says, I want to be judged by who I am by my nature and some of the characteristics of the nature of God which I'm going to be speaking about today is we know that God is omnipresent we know that God is omnipotent the all-powerful one the one who created all things but today I'm speaking about God omnibenevolence the omnibenevolence God that is who God is God is all-loving God is the all-loving God. And so we can anchor our faith and we can rest on the knowledge 
of who God is as love. God is love. God is love. God's nature is love. God's character. God is both love in nature and both love in character. He is love. So he doesn't change who he is. He doesn't today say to you, I'm going to love you less because you did certain things. No, this is who he is. He abides in love. That's what the scripture says. God abides in love. Psalm 86 verse 15. We can pick up the scripture. Psalm 86 verse 15, the NLT version. He says, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. The, the NLT says abundant in love, in love. And so we can place our faith in the love of God no matter what we face, when you know that someone loves you, you can rest on that love. You can rest on the love of God. That when you're facing through difficult situations, God is love. He loves you. He doesn't change his nature of love. And that's why the Bible says, whoever abides in me, abide, abides in love, abides in God. God is full. That is who he is. God is full of love. So that nature can never change. And so when we anchor our faith on the love of God and the knowledge of the love of God that he has for, for each and every one of us, we can rest because his love is perfect. And that's why the Bible says in 1 John that perfect love casts out all fear all anxiety because where you're anchoring your faith not just on an experience you're anchoring on faith and you know that God loves you he is love that's his nature and so you can rest in the perfect love of God and you would not be afraid in life you will go through the trying moments understanding that God is love and he abides in love 1 John 4, 7 verse, yes, verse 6, if we can go up, verse 16. And it says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Verse 17. And love has been perfected amongst us in this day that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. And there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. But fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. That's what the scripture says. So when we rest in the perfect love of God, it deals with anxiety, it deals with everything you know, you're just unperturbed. You're just unperturbed. And so while I was um, looking at the scripture about the nature of God's love, 
And and we may ask our question, so many questions like, I mean, if God loves me, then why this? Why that? There's the why. Why are the situations not improv- improving? How can a loving God, you know, how can I be passing through this? And you're telling me God is love. And so, and so I'm dealing with talking to people, perhaps going through various disappointments where they've trusted God and they had faith and maybe the outcome wasn't necessarily as they expected and as they thought. And how do you, you know, speak to those kind of people? And so I like to um, read the scripture. It's a long reading of John 11, the Lazarus story. John 11 from verse 1. And he says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus Bethany, the town, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister, Martha. And it was, it was that Mary who anointed, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with frangent oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. And when, can, we can just leave it in verse 6. And so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Very ironic. He says, God loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he now even stayed two more days. And so that kind of like, it's just like an analogy of, of us, of our, of our situations. When we're going through situations and we're asking God, we've probably heard a word, you know, we've heard a prophetic word that two days may represent two years, may represent 20 years of waiting. And you just cannot fathom the two, like, God, did you really speak to me? Did you really speak to me? It's ironic. The natural response for every one of us, which is not a bad emotion, obviously, like, imagine they come to you and they tell you that, um, your daughter or your child is sick, you're definitely going to drop everything you're doing and run to go and try to stop. That's a natural response. And it's not bad. We're human. That's a natural response. But Jesus operated in, in a higher level of faith and understanding. Why did he act that way? He still, he loved Lazarus so much. But why did he stay two more days? Because he had already given the word before staying. And he gave a word and he said, this sickness is not unto death. So he had already spoken the word. And Jesus knows that the Father hears him. He knows that God, is, God hears him. He says God is, God is so loved the word that he sent. He's on Jesus, no, Jesus was in heaven. God knows that God would hear him and as he has spoken that word. So he rested. 
because he's spoken the word that this sickness was, unto, was not unto death. And so I would just, I would stay here a bit. So last week I was speaking to someone randomly from um, this church after service. We were just catching up. And so she was telling me about um, a letter. She's, she tries to, I mean, she says she expresses God through letters. And so she was telling me about a letter she wrote to God just that same Sunday or three days before that Sunday where she, was, she went in through a, almost a depression moment and she couldn't understand disappointment. She felt like she had trusted God in, in a situation. She even had a, a dream about the situation. And that was the interesting thing. And in the dream, she saw like there was a congratulation. So she was expecting something, a prize, and she needed the money desperately to solve something. And she didn't get it. So she believed and she didn't get it. She actually, so in her quest and her writing, she was like, God, how can you do this to me? Why did you even, the worst of it was like, why did you even reveal it to me in a dream? And I saw in a dream there was congratulation and I did not get that thing. She couldn't, she couldn't fathom it. She couldn't understand that situation. And so she began to write her disappointment that that's the worst thing. And I remember a situ- when she was talking, I remember the situation I went through last year. where And I showed her the letters I wrote to God and it was similar. And the letter I wrote to God was like, God, how could you do this to me? Like, how could you, if man disappoints me, that's what I thought. But not you, Lord. This is the core of my essence. I'm broken. I was writing, I was writing, I'm broken beyond repair. I was just speaking to God. Why would you do this to me? The, and the, the, why the case was similar is because I too had gone to God. So sometimes you're not gone to God to ask about the situation. And the Lord said, yes, he was going to do it. He was going to help me in that situation. And so I had the word. I even had a small, so I had like three experiences to confirm this word. So the first one I had was a small, still voice within me saying, I will do it. And he gave me a word. And so I was holding on to that word that year. And about three months to the time, it was like the opposite of what God spoke to me was happening, literally happening. Ah, at some point, I just began to question, did I really hear? Maybe it was just my imagination. That's how the situations most times would move. And so then in one of those questions of, I keep getting a resounding no on this situation when I push my fate based on what I heard, I was tired. And one of the things I was randomly like just listening to a message just to encourage me. And that was the first time I was listening to that particular man of God. I won't call his name, but he's in Lagos here. And the man of God was ministering faith. And towards the end of the message, he started to give a prophetic word. And he called my name, right? Says, there's a lady here. Her name is Esther. And he called what I do. So that's to show it wasn't a coincidence. He says, you're into this, this real estate, this, 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 this. And he called a phone number that was my number. And I'm like, okay, this was dramatic. I wasn't expecting this at all. 
And he said, the Lord is saying, I have said to you before concerning the situation that I will do it. And the Lord is saying, rest, because I will do it. And so I was very excited, like life came back to me. I'm like, God, you know, this is so dramatic. I've never experienced such a dramatic experience like this. And I was excited and faith came back to me and I pushed. And so as I pushed, I was getting resounding no's again. I'm like, my goodness. Like, so surely I was like, okay, Lord, if the first time I didn't hear very well, this second time you confirmed itself. It cannot be a lie now. Like this person doesn't know me anywhere. And he said the situation. Why am I getting a resounding no in this particular situation? But I was still energized because I'm like, surely the second time cannot be a lie. And I kept pushing. And the third time again, there was this time I had pushed and I was so convinced and so sure that it was a done deal. And it is a done deal, right? And so that night, I even now dreamt. So it was similar to what the lady said. And I had a dream, and in the dream, there was congratulations. Like, you got that thing. And so the next day, I was so pumped up. Like, oh my God, this is it. This is a done deal. And no, the deal, everything fell apart. It was no. And that's when I wrote the letter. I'm like, God, you can't do this to me. This is like too much. How do you break me like this? Like, why did you even, my annoyance was like, why did you even come and tell me? that you were going to do it. Why didn't you just leave me in the no expectation level? Why did you raise my expectation? And I'm getting a resounding no. And so it's similar to the story. Um, he says, and when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. And if we go further, the Lazarus now, Kukuma died. <laughs> so, Lazarus now Kukuma even died in that situation. Can we just um, go further to um, verse? Can we put the scripture um, to verse seven? It just um, put it. No, I, I want to skip that. And so the, when Jesus, um, but the funny thing about um, this story was that I like muttered them. They're not even like. They didn't even, I don't even know, they were not even really expecting resurrection or a miracle. So their expectation was not even, um, even though Jesus has said the word, like this was not unto death, I don't think, they didn't even believe it. They were not even expecting any miracle. And so that's why when Jesus entered and, um, and when she, he saw Martha and he said, you know, oh, Jesus, I know that you are still a powerful man. You know, sometimes we try to justify things when things don't happen in our outcome. We try to like water down the word we've heard. Like, eh, maybe I didn't, not even maybe I didn't really hear well. Maybe I didn't really pray enough for that word or something. Maybe I didn't really do enough. So it's okay. God is still powerful. We try to just water it down. And he says, yeah, I know that, you know, Whatever you ask, God will give you and all of that. You're powerful. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And she's like, oh, yeah, in the resurrection, he will rise again. <laughs> you know, her expectation was even very like, she wasn't really listening to what God was saying, like hearing it from the eyes of faith. And so when we go further to verse, when Jesus wept, 11, 35, popular scripture. 
And Jesus, and so when Jesus entered into the place, there are two and and verse 36, if you can put the NLT version. When Jesus was weeping, there were two categories of people who, who said that, and both of them are wrong, who said, I mean, both of them are correct, sorry, who said that, oh, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And there was another set of people who said that, huh, why is he weeping now? This is the same man that does so many miracles. Why didn't he keep this man from dying? You know, he could have just, the funny thing is that Jesus could have just said, from even where he was, be healed, and he would have been healed. It would have still been a miracle, you know. Why was it like the person has to die? Like, it's almost like, and so if you look at it on a natural point, it's like, you believe God, and you're having the opposite of the experience, and of, what, of, of the belief, and you're seeing things not happen. And you now come to a place where literally, even the worst happens, and it's almost like, can I still get a miracle? Can I still get a miracle? And that's what Jesus was trying to, to teach here. He says, this is for a greater glory, right? And so when I was reading about the scripture, I was reading to a, 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 a pastor that was preaching about this in a way, and he said that, you know, it's interesting, like the fourth day in the Jewish custom is like, in the Jewish custom, I heard that, you know, on the, between the first and the third day, they believe that the spirit of the person still hovers around. And so within those three days, if it's, um, and so, but Jesus waited till the fourth day where it's like, it's almost impossible with man. So the situation for them to believe that nothing is impossible with God. So that word you've heard, God is, God will still do it. That's what I come to encourage us today. God will still do it. God cannot lie. God is trustworthy. God is dependable. That is his love for us. And so we can count and rest on the love of God that God will keep his word. He is faithful. He is faithful. So do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. For many of you who've you, some people say they don't even want to hear another prophetic word. That word that was spoken, I even want to see it come to pass. Do not be discouraged. God is faithful to keep to his word. And so in the Jewish custom, four days is like impossible. And that's when Jesus moved and he said, Razzlers, come forth. And he beat tradition, he beat, um, you know, the customs of the land. And so that is the word today. Place your faith and rest in the omnibenevolence of God, the all-loving God. Another nature of God is that God is good. Not that God is, God is only loving, God is a good God. And please, if there's anything you want to take away from today, is to believe that God is good. The psalmist says God is good all the time every time every situation god is a good god when you say god is a good god means that his nature is not evil he cannot operate in the in evil because his nature is good and jeremiah says for the for i know the thoughts i think towards you they are thoughts of good not of evil so God doesn't because he doesn't 
He doesn't have an evil nature. It's impossible for him to be evil. It's impossible for him to think evil. And so you must have that assurance in your heart and that resolution of faith that God is good. And all things work together for your good because he is good. Pastor Laurie said um, that when she was talking about encounters, encounters, it says we will see the goodness of God. That must be your expectation at all times, in all situations. We will see the goodness of God. God is good. Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see, for the Lord is good. And James 1.17 says, For every good gift comes from the Lord. In him there is no shadow of turning. So God doesn't say today, Oh, I'm going to be bad to you. He cannot, he can't operate in bad because he is good. And he is good all the time. So we must have our conviction and our resolution. If we, we can look at other nature of God, but on these two fundamental things about God. God is love and God is good. And when you have that, you can rise, you can live in an unwavering faith situation. You can rest, no matter what come your way. You can rest on the love of God. You can rest on the goodness of God. You can rest in it. You can anchor your life on those two principles. And we must raise our perspective about God. And we must not judge God based on our own perspective and perception. Like Pimo shared about um, why do good, bad things happen to good people. And he was talking about perspective. And that if that situation turned out that way, then it was the best possible outcome. Because God operates in goodness. And so if a situation turned out, then that means it was the best possible outcome for that situation to happen. And it was for good. And it is for good. And that situation then, God did not, doesn't see it as a bad situation. He doesn't see it as a bad situation because God cannot operate in bad situations. He operates, he is a good God. So then it's possible that our perception is faulty. And we must always have this at the back of our head that God is good and live in that goodness perspective every day of our lives in our journey of life we must never resist every doubt God is good I tell you guys God is good God is a good God I don't know how else to say it, but God is good God is good all the time and you will see the goodness of God in the land where you're living Amen And so faith, faith is also now. Um, so it's interesting. So um, 
when Chingwe messaged me um, on Tuesday, and she said to me that, what is your word for today? For today? And I said, I, I don't have a word, I don't have a caption, but I know that I'm speaking about faith. And I said, but I also said, uh, staring of faith for healing. And I didn't know the Lord was speaking to me in that situation. The staring I was feeling was even about me. And I said to her, oh, can we have a communion service and all of that? And so that day, and I was like, I'm also trusting God for healing in this service, right? And so that day, I had an appointment with the specialist the next day. And so my dad was um, coming into town. My dad is a medical doctor. So my sister reached out to my dad and said, okay, that great you're coming into town today because Esther has a, she's going to see a specialist. So you go with her, you know. I'd been experiencing very severe abdominal pain and it comes and goes. And I was rushed to the hospital last week. And um, by 3 a.m., you know, and it was, and it's been happening, and and so I've gone through various scans and various stuff, and and they can't understand why I'm having this much pain, you know, like crisis kind of pain, and doctors are trying to investigate so many things, and so my dad comes into town, and um, the nights he came in before, he, so he, I was telling him about the situation, and he was investigating it from a doctor's eyes, and I was saying. Okay, it's possible this, it's possible that, it's possible this. And after a while, he just said, you know what? Do you believe that you can have a miracle right now? I'm like, yeah, that I've been praying about a miracle and I'm stirring my heart for a miracle. In fact, I'm speaking about faith this Sunday and I'm speaking about, um, I'm having a communion, so I'm trusting God. And he says, and that's great, but do you believe that right now, faith is now, you can have a miracle right this minute. We can reject these symptoms and these lying symptoms you have, and it would never come again. And he says, do you believe? And I said, yes, I believe. And I'm like, I mean, the pain would go today now. Like even me that was going to speak about faith, I'm like, you mean the pain will go right now? He said, yes. And so we held hands and he prayed for me and we prayed together a prayer of faith. And so I asked him when he finished prayer, the praying, I said, do, we, do I go still see the specialist tomorrow? Do we still go? He says, do you believe that you've had a miracle? <laughs> I said, yes, I believe I've had a miracle. And he says, then you, we will not go to see the specialist because you've had a miracle. And so I go, I'm like that, my dad makes it. <laughs> I always talk about him a lot. Um, and so the next day, I, I woke up. There's a way I, when I turn in the morning, I experience the pain. And so, I don't know, I turned, I didn't experience the pain. So, but I was saying, okay, maybe I turned in a different way, so I didn't experience the pain. I was actually trying to, <laughs> you know, water it down. And I didn't feel any pain all through the day. I'm like, okay, the pain comes when I sit sometimes for very long. So I was, I sat down throughout that day, no single pain, gone. <laughs> Completely gone till this moment, no single pain. 
And so I go tell my, my, my dad that evening, I'm like, I didn't experience the pain. And he was very um, casual, like, of course you wouldn't experience the pain. And I was like, wow. And, and so I thank God for his life. And his, I just give you his own testimony. I've, I've shared a bit about him and his revelation of healing. He's a medical doctor and for 45 years, He's never tasted paracetamol. Never tasted paracetamol. Nothing wrong with paracetamol. I mean, he administers it to people. But he had a revelation of God. When he was sick, and he was 25, and it's because I investigate a lot, that's why I get this from him. Because one day I went to him, I'm like, Daddy, I'm sure you used to have sickness, but you used to hide like you go to your room, I'm sure you have headache. How can you say that you will not have headache? Are you like headache that, how old are you? You're 72. You don't have headache. You don't have nothing. You've never tasted paracetamol. It's not true. That was when I was in university. I'm like, that is not true. I'm sure you have headache. But you, you know because you want to appear like a man of faith. So even when you have the headache, you hide in your room. And he, and he said to me, <laughs> my dad said to me that, um, that no, it's not the size of his faith. It's just the revelation he has about God and healing, which he had 45 years ago. And he said to me he was sick, very sick to the point of death, and he was in the hospital. And he cried to God for mercy. And the Lord woke him up because he drifted in sleep and told him to stand up. And the Lord told him to go outside the hospital. And when he went outside, the Lord said, look at the trees there. And the Lord asked him a question. He says, how old are these trees? And he said, 100. He's like, yeah. Who keeps them? Who sustains them? And he says, you, Lord. And I says, am I not able to keep you? And so he caught a revelation of God as a healer. Not just as a healer, but as his divine health. And once he caught that revelation, is the word he says he keeps hearing every time. Am I not able to keep you? And so he decided to place his faith on the word of God. And he rested from that minute. He said he got up from his hospital bed and he left the hospital. Until date, he holds on to that word. Am I not able to keep you? So he doesn't believe that any drug can heal him. That's his belief. He doesn't believe that any medicine can heal him. He just believes God's word that God can keep him. And why? God does not lie. God is dependable. God is true to his word. God is faithful. And he rests on the love of God, knowing that he can depend on that word. And so even during coronavirus, that one, because me, I was already, I became a coronavirus um, analyst. And during the lockdown, I was studying coronavirus. I studied it. I studied it to myself. I'm like, okay, me, I'm a bit young. So even if I catch it, I will survive it. I was studying all the analogy and all that. And I worried about him. I worried about my mom, like they're 70 something. And I said, and the worst of it all is that he's even now in the front line. He's a medical doctor. So he'd probably be exposed to it. I called him. I couldn't take it. I'm like, okay, daddy, please. I know that you might not. Uh, first, I tried to convince him to at least take the vaccine for the sake of us, 
the people around. He's like, no, I'm not against the vaccine. You guys go ahead and take the vaccine and protect yourself. But I cannot take a vaccine because God has kept me for 45 years with no drugs. So the vaccine cannot protect me now. God is my protector. God is my healer. And he says, I would not take it. And I was like, no, daddy, no. I was like, but you're in the front line. Okay, at least shut down your clinic for this period. Do not expose us. He's like, no, I'm not in the same room with your mom. I'm, I've left her. <laughs> I'm in another room. Says, I take my precautions. And he said, I will never shut down my clinic. Now more than ever before, people need me. That's what he said. <laughs> I will not shut down my clinic. And he, and he was telling me of various testimonies. He was praying for people with coronavirus. Some of them even died. He, he went there. He, he was not, he, he was radical radical in his fate he was radical and he never ever 70 something never I caught coronavirus twice <laughs> and I remember the second experience I called him I said are you trying to say is it that me I don't have faith <laughs> is it that me I don't have faith see see this thing you are doing <laughs> Is it that me? I don't have faith. He was like, no, no, no. I, I'm not saying you don't have faith. But me, my story. I even told him, like, there are pastors who are catching it. Why are you doing this? And he said, no, that, I don't know their story. I don't know their journey. But me, my case is different. <laughs> my case is different. I cannot be sick. And, and he was so resolute in his faith. That he said to me, just like um, Shadrach, even if I catch it, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not good. God is good. That's what he said. I have lived in the goodness of God for 45 years. So I'm not going to like use this experience to doubt God. I have lived in 45 years, never tasted paracetamol, never ever. And so when I was asking him, is it that, so he, didn't, he answered me. When I was asking him, I said, is it that you don't feel certain symptoms? You don't even have a headache? He says, no, I'm a medical doctor. There was even a case he had last month. This was many years ago. And he treated a, a tetanus case. And he went back home and they woke up the next morning. He literally could feel, but he calls them lying symptoms. He never accepted. I could feel the lying symptoms of tetanus raging over me. But he spoke. He first prayed to dispel every fear. I said, I spoke for 30 minutes. So it's not that I do not feel symptoms. But he refuses it. He cannot. He says, I cannot have tetanus. I can never. And once because I have the revelation of healing. I would never have it. And so he prayed for 30 minutes, dispelled every fear. He didn't even pray like God heal me of. He just he prayed to dispel the fear out. And, and that minute, after he finished praying, he wore his dress and went back to office. Every symptom disappeared. Disappeared. And so... And this is the word I bring about unwavering faith. An unwavering faith, a resolute faith. 
So faith is now. Faith is now. Pimo said it. He says, it is done. Faith is now. Whatever you're believing God for, I want you to rest. To rest. That God is faithful. God is dependable. God is good. And what he said he will do, he will do it. God cannot lie. His promises are yea and amen. Yea and amen. So it may look like the situation is impossible at the moment. It may look like the situation has, has, has gone on for so long. But I've come to stir your faith. To raise your expectation about God. To raise your expectation. Are you going to dare to believe God in this season? And that's the question God is saying. I, do you dare to believe me in this season? And you will see the goodness of God in this season. We have a, a, a concert on the 14th. I want you to raise your expectation of God. I want you to invite people in this season to this concert. Because faith is now. It is active. And all it needs is your belief. Your belief. Your resolution. To dare to believe God. And you will see, even in this season, when many are complaining, you will see the provision of God. You will see the deliverance of God. You will see the healing of God. Pastor Heidi gave a beautiful testimony in a prayer meeting we were last Sunday, last Saturday, talking about provision even in this season. She had three kids. And you're talking about dollars, 700 and some, 710. And the three kids are, are schooling out of the country. And she said something that ministered to me because I'm as a business person, I'm, I was very worried at the time. God, sustenance, what do you do? Do I shut, you know? And so she said that she's decided in her heart not to be perturbed. She said, where that dollar is 1,000, God is her provider. And so the honors is on God to provide for her. Except he says otherwise, change your kid's school or whatever. But God, if you have a revelation of God as your provider, you are unperturbed. Whether they tell you dollar is 2,000 now, God will provide for you. And so when she made that resolution in her heart not to be unperturbed about the news, forget about the news. God is limited in his supply. He says, I will supply all your needs according to my according to riches and glory. In this season, people are working in the provision of God day to day. And when she made the resolution, she said she saw an alert. Alert. And she was wondering where it came from. And she said, she now remembered where it came from. And she spoke to the person. She did a job for someone. And she had not even finished the job. The job was supposed to end in this August. And the person just pays everything. And she calls the person and trying to explain that, no, listen, like, why are you paying everything? I've not finished the job. And the person says, I know that your kids are going back to school. You need to sort out, you know, your dollar and everything. So I'm paying everything. That is the provision of God. 
anxious. God cares for you so much to every detail. He will sort it out to every detail of your life. God cares for you. And we can live in that day to day. The just shall live by faith day to day. You can trust God for sustenance. You can trust him for provision. You can trust him for healing. And sometimes it takes us to go through certain experience for you to experience the various facets of God. For you to experience God as a healer, you will probably have to be sick sometimes. And so bad things could happen the way you perceive bad things. You could be sick. And when you're now healed, you now have faith and you're able to tell someone about the healing power of God. The same thing too about comfort. Sometimes we go through certain loss so that we may experience the comfort of God. God is a comforter. The Father says he's a father of only all comfort. He's able to comfort you. No man can comfort you like him. And so when you go through those situations, you see God in that revelation. God is your comforter. And when you're comforted, you can now go and comfort another person and speak healing and speak comfort to the other person. And so, yes, I actually, the lady I was speaking to um, last week, she was so excited about just meeting someone that understands her situation. I'd even tell her that God came true for me. And then maybe in case she's hearing now, because she said she wrote letters, she was so disappointed and everything. God came through. He came through. After that experience, God healed me and comforted my heart from, from the disappointment I felt. And he made me rest. And I just rested. I just said, whatever it is, God spoke a word and God does not lie. And what he said he would do, he would do it. And I said, I would be unperturbed going forward about that situation. And God handled the situation in his own time. And he came through miraculously. I saw God's mighty provision in that situation. He, he wasn't late. He came through. And so I'm just encouraging you this morning to raise your expectation of God. God is good. As many of you who want to see the move of God in any area of your life, I want you to believe God today. The word has already gone forth. It is done. It is done. Amen. Do you believe? Do you dare to believe God this season? Lady Cabos. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 